Sabbath School Lessons from the Bible Deuteronomy Present Truth in Deuteronomy This book is the most important book of Moses. We want to discover what's inside. Jesus quoted this book more than any other book in the Bible. So it was Jesus' favorite book. I'm interested in it very much. Are you interested too? Then be with us. We want to find out why Jesus loved this book so much. There's a mystery about it, but we will discover it together. Grace be with you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to study the book of Deuteronomy, the fifth book of Moses, lesson seven, Law and Grace. Our memory text for this week, we find in the epistle of Paul to the Galatians in chapter two, verse 21. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Law and grace. There was so much discussion in church history for centuries. Which role these two words had to play. And theologians became very hot in debates when this theme came up. So, Paul, in most of his epistles, starts with the following words. Grace be with you. So, why does he start with the word grace? <laughs> grace is the very, very important thing. There is a mightier person than we are. Much mightier. And a mightier one is gracious to you. So he is not obliged to do this or that. There's no law for him which should tell him you have to. No. It is grace. It is out of his love for you. He's interested in you, and therefore, he does something for you what you can't do for yourself. That is grace. For example, a prisoner, if he is allowed to leave the prison earlier than the judgment was on him, then it's grace. He, he can't do anything about it. It is grace if he is released earlier. So, if God is gracious to you, 
That's because of his love to you. Law in heaven. In the prophet Ezekiel, we find in chapter 28 a wonderful illustration about the fall of Lucifer, the devil, from heaven towards the earth. There we read in chapter 28 in verse 14 about Lucifer when he was the anointed cherub. You are the anointed cherub that covers, and I have set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. And then verse 15, you were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created. You were perfect. He was created in a perfect way. But then, till iniquity was found in you. Iniquity was found in you. So in heaven, there's the same law, the heavenly law, as on earth. And a moral being, like the angels, can decide which side to follow. They are not robots. They just have to know. They have a choice, a free will, and that's so important. And here we see that Lucifer chose to be in rebellion against God to become the most high, to get onto the top position, to be the most prominent in the universe. So he was the most prominent of the angels, and now he wanted to be the most prominent of all. And to eliminate God from his realm, he had to try to show that God hasn't the best law for us. And Lucifer wants to show, if I were on this realm, it would be better for you, you angels. And because of that, he won one-third of the angels who went with him. And in the end, they landed here on our planet, and that's our problem. Law in Deuteronomy. In the 17th chapter of Deuteronomy, from verse 14 onwards, we find the law of a king and his duties. And there we read, and that's very interesting. Verse 18, and it, and it shall be when he sits upon the throne of his kingdom. So when he is king, ha, power, what then? 
then he shall write him a copy of this law in a book. Out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. So a copy of this book, Deuteronomy. And it shall be with him. And he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, so to honor him, to have respect of him, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes, to do them. So he should read daily in this book, Deuteronomy, the king, wiser, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren in his pride and arrogance, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end, so what will be the outcome of all of this, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Now that's interesting, isn't it? A king should read daily that there is blessing for his family and for his kingdom. Because then he acts in harmony to the law of God. And this will be a blessing for all the people in his kingdom. Therefore he shall read therein daily and act according to these words. A wise, a wise, very wise attitude. Imagine our politicians would do so. For your good. That's the translation of the Hebrew word we find here on top. On Tuesday, for your good, for your best. In the 10th chapter, from verse 12 onwards in Deuteronomy, we find, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which I command you this day for your good. For your good. So, so that's, that's the key for everything. Once we discover this Doing the will of God is for my good. It's for me. It's a privilege to do so. There, there's a benefit in this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not for a loser. It's for a winner. And God wants, wants to show, look, the law of God is the best in the universe. And if you are in harmony with it, if you act in harmony 
with God's law, blessings will follow. So therefore trust the Lord your God, love him, and follow his commandments. And you will be blessed. It's for your good. You will be a winner then. And all those around you who are with you. So if you are wise, then act in harmony with God's will. In, in, it's, it's simple. It's not difficult. If there is not your pride and your arrogance, because normally you say, not your will be done, but, oh God, but my will shall be done. And that's the problem. Because we are not wise enough, but he is the wisest. A slave in Egypt. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt. And we can see what they have built there. Even thousands of years later on, we can still see the buildings made of stone. It's fascinating. So for thousands of years, they're still the buildings. And the pharaoh was not interested in letting his slaves go. They were cheap workers. But God took a people who were slaves and God rescued them. Ten plagues and then the Pharaoh shouted, go! Ten plagues had to be in Egypt. Then the Pharaoh said these words, not before. Not before his son, who should be the next pharaoh, lay dead in his bed. Then, then he discovered there is a mightier than I am. And the Israelites should remember that they had been slaves and that they had been rescued by the Almighty. <laughs> they by themselves had no chance. And this is a, a symbol for our being, we are slaves of sin. And Jesus is the one who is able to rescue us. To rescue from this slavery. To be free. Because a slave is in bondage. But he wants you to be a free man. He wants you to get out of this slavery, of sin. So if you come to Jesus, if you trust him, and you ask him to forgive you, because you're willing to repent, he will do so. And you can start a new, total new life with a past that has been made white through Jesus' blood. Thank you.
not for your righteousness. I like the Apostle Paul in the Epistle to the Romans in chapter 4, verse 3, when he comes to, to point, he says, for what says the scripture? And here he is one who knows what should be the basis. The great reformator Martin Luther, for all the dogmas of the Roman Catholic Church, he asked, what says the scripture? If this dogma is in harmony with the scripture, okay, then what's the problem? But if it's not in harmony with the scripture, why should we keep it any longer? Throw it away on the Roman Catholic dust heap. We do not need it. It's wrong. We only need dogmas which are in harmony with Scripture. And if they're in harmony, okay, then we will keep them and honor them and follow them. But what says the Scripture? And here we read, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. He believed God. He trusted God. How did it happen? It was night. God talked to Abraham and showed him the stars of heaven. Are you able to count them? So many will come out of you. You will be a people. You will have lots of descendants. And Abraham was old, his wife was old, and he trusted God. He believed him. And yes, this was counted unto him for righteousness. Believing, trusting God, although because of his age and of his wife's age, it was impossible. Nevertheless, he trusted. He believed. So this is the key, the basis for your righteousness. Trusting, believing, loving your Savior. Summary. So Abraham should look up to the stars in heaven. Are you able to count them? God asked him. If you have good eyes, you can count on a day when there is the new moon and not the full moon. Then you can count about 2,000 up to 3,000 stars, which are suns. And all around these suns, there are planets, as in our own solar system. Here we have our sun in the middle, and the planets, they encircle the sun. Now, when you look up there and you see all the suns, millions, billions, they are concentrated in a galaxy. And if we look further with our new technique, 
then we see there are other galaxies far, far away. We, we cannot get there with our <laughs> technique. It's too far away. We would die before we get there. It's too far. It would take too long. So we are... <laughs> No, we, we don't have the power to get there. Now, if we look farther and farther and farther, we see billions of galaxies. So the universe is so... is <laughs> in such a di dimension that we do not even know how big this dimension is. If our technique gets better, then we can see farther into the universe. But we haven't managed to see to the end. And if we could, then a question is raised and which we cannot answer. And what's then? What's there where, where the end is? We're helpless, aren't we? Now imagine the Creator who created something where we cannot up to now discover how big this creation is. And He loves you and wants to rescue you. What an honor, what a privilege. <laughs>